0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit JDPower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or SleepNumber.com. Support WrestleTalk.
1: Give us a subscribe.
0: Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt. Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J. Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, support
1: the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk Ramble now alive. Hello, and welcome to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. I'm Ollie Davis, and I'm joined by my mate,
0: Luke Owen. Hello, Swath Nation, and a hello to you, Oli. Sorry, did you have another bit to do there?
1: No, 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 no. You, you do your thing.
0: Okay. Uh, sorry. Uh, hello, Swath Nation, and a hello to you, Ollie Davis. How the devil are you? What accent was I doing? Uh, can you, uh, do, you, what, do you want time? me to do it again?
1: Do you want me to do it again? You...
0: Yes, please. And I'm joined by Luke Owen. I mean, at first, I thought you were doing, like, a Ray Winston Cockney Geezer type thing but mm. now i'm hearing a bit more of an accent behind it so uh, can i have mm. it one more time please do you want me to say a certain thing like a yes, phrase yeah, yeah. I, I mean you started there when you because you, you went like oh me old mate," which is why i thought you were doing like a ray winston cockney geezer type thing
1: mm. so you just want so me so to say then, that again
0: biscuits and gravy let's go with that all right, mate. Biscuits and gravy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you definitely are doing a Ray Winston. I, 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 I get the feeling you've seen Black Widow, and you've got some thoughts about. Why would Ray you say that? Why would, he say that? Why <laughs> would you say that? Right? Let me give you another example.
1: Let me give you another example. Now, let's just have a let's just take a moment to lo- look at the latest the latest odds. <laughs> the VODs, here it is, here it is in the in game betting.
0: Yeah, I, I have a feeling. So, because uh, you're talking about Ray Winston's wandering accents, perhaps it is maybe. What oh, he doesn't wander, to.
1: Luke, it stays <laughs> quite firmly in the East End.
0: Me and uh, uh, my wife, we used to watch them a lot of the Food Network shows. Back when we had um, cable TV, when we had Virgin, we used to watch a lot of Food Networks. And there was a, a show on there. I can't remember what it was called now, but it was by this um, like pure uh, white meat baby face uh, mum. You know, she was like blonde hair, blue eyes, Mm. immaculate kitchen. She's got four kids. She loves all she ever does. She just loves cooking for them. That's the best gift in the world that I can do is to cook for my children. And so that's basically what her show was about. But she was also of Italian descent. She uh, came from an Italian family. But uh, as an Italian American. I hate her. It was funny. So, but it was, it was funny because she would have, like, you know, hey, I'm just your regular old town mom. I just love cooking for my, fi- my kids. But then when she would talk about Italian food, she would uh, go into an Italian accent. She'd be like, today we're going to make spaghetti. And like, a, a, a green, spaghetti. Of... Put on ravioli.
1: <laughs> it's because some people feel like they need to pronounce the words of their sort of source origin country. In, in the accent.
0: It's weird. Mm. Do you feel like you have to do that? Like when you, well, there what, certain words that you feel like, thing. well, I've got to say this like I'm from the home counties. Me and Ray
1: Winston say girls the same. <laughs> girls. 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 That's <laughs> girls. Genu- I'm, not, I'm not doing a thing. I'm not doing a thing. That's genuinely how I say girls. Yeah, it, geez, it's hard for guys. me to say it normally. Or
0: So how would you... Girls. girls did girls, I do it I right know. there? you did I mean, you said it the same way that i did let, let me let me rephrase Ollie, you never say it wrong just because mm. you say it that way doesn't mean you're wrong in the way you say it. <clears throat>
1: it's my lived experience to say girls this way, and the great thing about Ray Winston's character in Black Widow, you did get it right is that he manages a lot of girls. he is the head <clears throat> of the sort of program that trains. Young women up, you know, who are taken off the street or bored off their parents because they show some inclination towards being a very good assassin. And he will have this room of girls, a red room of girls and refer to them as his girls that he's training up to be murderers, international espionage agents. And yet he says girls so much. It will be, it's, a really a it's a really good
0: performance.
1: It's a really good performance. But Did he's doing this
0: when... accent. Did you have a moment when you turned to your girlfriend to say, he says it the same way I do? No,
1: I uh, I didn't see it with my lady partner. I saw it with two other friends from school. Uh, we all grew up in Dartford, so we all say girls the same way.
0: And we all went, eh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, was this on the Sunday uh, before the big game?
1: No, yeah, this was on Friday. Sunday was pure, pure lash. There was no
0: time for a cinema trip. I did see the, the great footage of you standing on top of that car, Starker's, throwing your knob around with a flare up your ass. It was very nice, you know, to. I mean, you could have worn some Wrestle Talk merchandise, to be honest. If you're going to be on the front pages of newspapers, at least promote the brand, man.
1: I am shocked by the backlash towards that fellow who put a flare in his rectum. <laughs> I've seen... Because
0: it was you and you're defending yourself.
1: I think there are some things in this world that are, that are objectively funny. I just don't know how you can get angry about a man putting a flare in his
0: butthole and then setting fire to it. Because it That's not funny. Rep- it, it was not a good representation. I was so angry. On Sunday, I was happy. So mad, so angry, like just seeing the destruction of Leicester Square, and like absolute weapons just walking around acting like complete tools, and then like just and then storming Wembley to try and get in, and all the racist abuse and everything. It's all the same people acting like complete buffoons.
1: I don't think that I don't think a person who's putting a flare up their bum for the bans. Is the same person going tooled up for a bit of a Barney? I want. I want, want, to, to, I want to defend the, the man. I want people, to defend the man with people. the flare in his butt. All those people. He was in Leicester Square. He was one of them. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm all for butt flares in big, big national occasions. I think that is, like I said, objectively funny. I don't know how you can be angry at a guy with an I mean, explosive I mean, in his bum. I,
0: I, wasn't, I wasn't angry Angry specifically at him. I was just angry at the lot of them. You know, mm. just trying to ruin it for everyone else. And you know what? Like, clearly, the police thought it was funny as well. That's why they didn't get involved.
1: But they don't get paid enough to go for a guy doing a handstand with his knob not paid
0: enough for those, God Not paid enough for those women who were lighting candles, though. Well, 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 they were causing a
1: nuisance, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> there was there was a
0: pandemic on back then when they had a gathering. <laughs> Sorry, you're absolutely it's right. The cured pandemic now. is over now. It's, it's over now. Freedom it's days over. Around the corner. You're absolutely right. That's that's on me for not realising yeah. that it's over now. We've got to got to give it up sometime, haven't we? Um, but how how did, how was your Sunday?
1: Yeah, it was really fun. I had a very fun time um, pu- until until we didn't. You know, it was like, oh, this is the best. This is so much fun. And then it wasn't. And it was like really sad. But then I went to bed and I woke up the next day and I realised ultimately I don't care about football. But I did get swept up in the whole thing. We listened to uh, England songs for for a long time uh, before we went out. We did a lot of pre-drinking around my mate's house. And, and uh, do you remember... Sven, 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 Goran and Ericsson.
0: Eriksson. Yes, I do. Yeah. And I, do you know what the other he's one is? He's a, was a lovely geezer, but don't forget that he's from Sweden. <laughs> the other one I was reminded of, do you remember Anton Dex? We're on the ball. We're on the ball.
1: Love that one. <laughs> yeah, I do like yeah. that one a lot. Uh, come on England, which is just come on Eileen, but with England instead of Eileen. Mm-hmm. Whoa, ho, ho, golden balls. A Mr. Beckham I mean, to you.
0: <laughs> nothing beats Fat Les Vindaloo. <sighs> which was co-written by your man from, not Damon Auburn from Blur, but uh, the guitarist from Blur. I forgot his name now.
1: Mm. Oh, he's on the milk carton, isn't he? Mm. Oh, can't yeah, remember. He, was, uh, he was
0: involved in that with um, old Alfie Allen's dad.
1: I heard a lot of England trivia that day. It was like everyone was trying to out-trivia themselves to impress me. Because I knew nothing. And so Fat Les's Vindaloo, Three Lions 98, both out in that 98 World Cup year in France. It
0: was, yep.
1: Yet, it wasn't the official song.
0: Oh, uh, no. Oh, man. Was it the... No, 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 no.
1: It was... was well, no, you you wouldn't remember it. England official song. It was uh, Victoria. We're in this together by Simply Red and Victoria Beckham.
0: Oh, <laughs> sign of the times there. I mean, yeah, you want to get England on your side? Who do you call? Mick Hucknall. That's the man to pick up the phone. <laughs> Big Red. Wow.
1: So we've, uh, we're, because we like singing Christmas songs at any time of the year, we find it hilarious behaviour.
0: Much like, banter you guys have, honestly. <laughs> the banter that you guys have. Unbelievable.
1: The, the second to last song we listened to before we went out was, of course, Fairytale of New York by the Pogues. And organically, all of us at the same time. And the bells are ringing out. For England Day, <laughs> na 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 and it's a very easy one to chant. To. We all stumbled upon this new track at the same time, and you wouldn't. The World Cup is in Christmas next year. Is it a Christmas? Bloody hell! Yeah, because you know it's all corrupt and it's all in the Middle East, and it's too hot it in, to yeah. stage it oh, over right. so summer. It
0: late into the year, yeah. I mean, that makes sense yeah. as well, because that gives us a bit of time as well to kind of get over the Euros, because like everyone's like, you know, oh, this time next year we'll be in the World Cup. But actually, like this time in 18 months, that's that's a bit nicer.
1: Mm. But yeah, that's that's my that's my petition for uh, my entry to be the official England song in 90, no, 2022.
0: I mean, you're absolutely right because it would be very English of you to take a song from written by the Irish, to set within another country and just like you know appropriate it for yourself.
1: I can't hear you over the Nas.
0: Na 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 na
1: na 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 na. It would do better than most other songs. I don't get you, stinky liberals. You're like, oh, I want multiculturalism. Oh, I want everyone to integrate. And I'm like, yes, I'm with you. And then I start taking all the stuff, and you're like, no, you can't have curries.
0: Oh, I'm not. I'm, not, I'm, I'm keeping curries, mate. Chicken tikka masala is one of the best curries in the world. um I didn't, Jamie want to also- do like a curry fusion range that got everyone annoyed? <laughs> I can't <Did> <laughs> anyway uh producer rich also let me know as well the sweet caroline thing started with boxing they once played the song to the fans and they all sang along football fans just kind of adopted it football fans just stealing stuff again uh my team arsenal even play it when they win a game literally no association with neil diamond or the song at all it's just an easy big song for the crowd to sing It's pretty much it weird isn't it it's Bones just a banging machine Bonus fact, the Arsenal Stadium guy is also a big wrestling fan because he plays theme songs all the time. A lot of Austin Rock <laughs> H themes. And, um, I wonder if he yeah.
1: keeps up with the current product.
0: Probably not. That's probably why he's still no. playing Austin Rock themes because it's like, that's what the kids are still watching, isn't it? Uh, right, we need to get onto this show because we've got a ton mm. of emails, which we're not going to be able to oh, get really? them in uh, in the, oh, no. uh, the second half of this show. But here's the raw review. Not much to say, so we'll be to the emails for it soon enough. Here it is.
1: The Hurt Business breaking up again with Bobby Lashley and MVP and definitely the sisters, all of Bobby's sexy, sexy sisters, just cast to one side like they were nothing more than local talent that WWE won't pay for to go on the road now that they're returning to touring. It's... it's It's almost like that's the case. I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Lukewarm Luke Owen, and we are here to review last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. Please get in your ultra chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support or read out every one over $5 or more by the end of the show. And, of course, give us a subscribe. This is Money in the Bank Week. We've got all of the content coming for you. Of course, Raw today, NXT tomorrow, the predictions immediately after that AEW magazine show, SmackDown, then the Money in the Bank
0: live reactions themselves. Oh, yeah. Not only is it a Money in the Bank week, not only have we got Money in the Bank predictions, not only have we got Money in the Bank live reactions on those Money in the Bank live reactions, we've got the first ever jam in a jar ladder match where the winner will earn the jam in the jar which means they can cash in on any main event on a future live stream to possibly become the new jam that champion a very we've got a corking eight-person lineup for that jam in the jar ladder match Should, should we
1: announce ourselves now
0: Oh mean, yeah. oh yeah. I I'm entering myself into the jam in the jar ladder match. how about you? Yeah, all right then I'll also do it like the uh, we can't
1: beat Natty's edition into the women's money in the bank match. like that is probably one of the greatest ways to qualify as a supplemental tweet sent out early in the day before the show. but yes, what why not why not now? Me and Luke, we're going to be helping each other out.
0: yes, in the jam in the jar we'll certainly do what we can i mean as per the rules of the match we are given an avatar for whoever is in the match so if as long as maybe if we get naomi and asuka like cuz they're mm. the best of friends that they will try and help each other out in winning yes uh, but let's get to this episode of raw
1: which was overall yeah it was fine it wasn't bad i think that's that's one of the key takeaways these days was it bad like was it one of the worst shows like they've been doing pretty much every week since 2021 began or was it one of those few still pretty boring but just about watchable episodes and i am happy to report it's the latter
0: yeah it was a uh, it was fine i guess it was um, fine oh, I thought it was it was quite boring at times, quite boring a lot of the times. In fact, um, standard in other ways, pretty okay in other ways. The uh, opening and closing segment, I think, was probably the strongest stuff on the show. Um, although, even like the, the opening one, is you know you're pinning your world champion six days before he defends that title because you're trying to set up the story that Ah huh, Kofi could possibly beat him, even though we have seen Kofi beat Bobby Lashley as well. Like that was that's the whole catalyst for this. So I don't think we needed xavier woods to also prove that was the case however the ending promo that we got from bubbles and Mm. with mvp i thought was terrific and actually like genuinely pretty great uh build for the uh their money in the bank title match but you know i thought the rest of the show was so so
1: but it wasn't actively bad nobody got a name change (laughs) there was no supernatural nonsense I felt like the Rhea and Charlotte storyline well, did hold, something. Hold on, different. hold on, hold on,
0: hold on, hold on. Alexa Bliss literally disappears. Yeah, but that can be explained. She could have run away very quickly. They didn't see her run away. Like they, like she disappeared. She made herself evaporate from the scene. I think there's a difference between
1: legit,
0: le- like that could be explained. I feel like Bliss <laughs> could have can, ran this, off. She could have no, scurried. It can. You're right, it can be explained. She is a magical being, and she made herself disappear. That's how it's explained. Nope, nope, nope. Nope, nope, (laughs) nope. I
1: think think what I really like about Bliss these days is that she's taken a lot more psychologically realistic approach to her storylines. I think that's what's come in with this new uh, entrance music and
0: everything. It's really weird, isn't it? They've they've only just started selling the Lily doll on www.shop.com as soon as they've taken... And Lily hasn't been seen on TV for like five weeks at this point. it's a shame that
1: WWE's sort of licensing and merchandising departments can, in no way, keep up with how quickly plans are dropped.
0: You say you that, but we'll like, see- the, the whole Ginder storyline, the whole Ginder story angle today is because they've got toys to sell. What they're going to sell a Ginder with a sword on a motorbike? No, no they, they, there's legit a, a new set that's been released of with Drew McIntyre like destroying a um, a motorbike. Really? Yeah.
1: Wow. How do they get to that? Because that hasn't been part of his character at all. Well, you know, you
0: need to sell it now, don't you? You know, it's yeah. like, you know, you know these, sometimes these things... Come, like, with, remember the shark cage stuff?
1: Like, mm-hmm. when they were like, well, we've got the
0: shark cage toy to sell. So we need to do at least five shark cage matches on pay-per-view to really hype up this is a special stipulation.
1: Well... This show opened with, well, I'll, I'll recap the Lashley and Woods stuff first, and Kingston, of course, and MVP. Uh, so the show opened with a match between Bobby and Xavier Woods. Bobby pretty much dominated the entire match. MVP was that they were cutting to the women, the sisters, not prostitutes, sisters, mm-hmm. more often than usual. You know, they were in this sort of Lashley's lounge casting couch set at the top of the stage. And Bobby was sort of, you know, he was doing a bit of showboat and he was getting a bit cocky. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beat this chump now like I did a few weeks ago, and then I'm going to beat Kofi this Sunday. And then he hit a spear, you know, usually signaling it's the end game. Bobby's going to win now. He stands up and Woods, was it an inside cradle or something, just t- tangled him up? One, two, three. Yeah. Shocking victory. I'm like, yeah, I'm really excited for Lashley versus Woods at the pay-per-view
0: now. Yeah, I mean... I'm, I'm as I said, I am in two minds of this, because mm. you know what I'm, I'm doing if I'm booking like do you know what, if I was to if I'm building Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page for the AEW Championship at All Out, what I'm not doing is pinning Kenny Omega, you know, just before you go into the pay per view, because I don't feel that's a way to make someone feel special and important, particularly because uh, Lashley has lost four of his last six matches, so I don't, it, like I, what I would not <clears> be doing now is pinning him again, considering that this was started from the fact that Kofi got the shocking win over him.
1: Well, you said you're in two minds. What's the other side, then? Mm.
0: Because that was the negative side. Yeah, but the positive side of this is that the ending angle, which is like Lashley used this, like he came out at the end of the show, and he's all Mm. disheveled, like he left the building and he came back and he hasn't got his shirt on properly and his tie's not done up and stuff. And he's literally like, sisters, please leave this ring. I want to speak to MVP alone with the thunderdome crowd mm-hmm. and then you know it's probably been like 20 MVPs. like look we need to stop dicking around i don't know, i don't want champagne i don't, I don't want ladies who are going to service me i don't want cat- couches and, and and all this sort of stuff i want to just like kick some ass i want to kill some people and that was like really cool like so using that as motivation is really good but like i, I think it would have been better and probably more impactful had he not lost four of his last six matches
1: so uh, I just want to point out to Clackman, it was a joke that I said Lashley versus Woods for this Sunday. I was making a joke about Woods, Woods getting the victory here. Uh, well, but yeah, I, I mean, I would hope he'd get a title shot off the back of this. You see, well, that's it. Because in the moment, I didn't mind it. Because, I, you know, you turn on Raw, it's the same stuff. You, your mind goes into autopilot, really. I, I, I pretty much copy and paste my notes from the previous week. I know exactly what's going to happen. And Lashley lost to Woods. And I was like, what? And it came to this jolt of, it was like someone just chucked a glass of water over me in a good way. And I know I totally get wrestling psychology that this is not the way it's done. But in this moment, I'm not even talking about when it was arguably even more justified later in the night when it paid off for character development and a a storyline progression. But in that moment, I was like, I mean, I never thought Kingston was going to win. But this result of Woods getting that sort of shock victory has made me more interested in money in the bank. So, I I, I mean, like, I can't I've gone from here to here
0: in terms of interest. That's exactly what a go home angle should do. That's interesting because Lashley losing last week and then losing here. Just solidified in my mind that Lashley's definitely winning this weekend. So I, Woods getting the win here made me think that like Lashley is definitely retaining. There's no mm. way that Kingston has got a chance in winning in this match now. I,
1: maybe it's just because it was different and it, it really surprised yeah. me. And like you said later on, we had uh, this like really, really well acted segment. You know, some people are calling this the best promo of Lashley's career, and it probably is. I can't think of many better. And, you know, he really carried himself well. He seemed like a genuine threat. It really felt like a shift in, I think we can all agree now that the almighty Bobby was as, has not been the full potential version of him that we all thought he would be pre-title win. You know, we're, we're, because everyone not, loved the Hurt
0: Business. A- Because it's not Hurt Business Lashley. This is the almighty Bobby Lashley, which is like a lesser good version than the Hurt Business Bobby Lashley. It's Vince McMahon's version of what he wants Bobby to be. He comes out,
1: he's a god, he's got the AR thing. It's not about Hurt Business, it's always almighty. And I felt like this was sort of the, no, let's stop all that now. No more women, no more sisters, no more champagne. These are all the things Bobby said. And MVP... I thought his performance was excellent here. He a, a very few lines. This is all just him acting, reacting to what Bobby is saying, and he's kind of a mixture of scared and remorse, like shame, a bit ashamed at the same time. Because like, oh, you're right. So, where, the, are, are Bobby Lashley and MVP breaking up? D- definitely a possibility, because this I, this I, company. But I I I don't think that's the way they're going to go. Particularly, I, I just, that end bit with Bobby cutting that promo, more serious route, MVP still with him. I just thought these two versus Brock and, Brock and Paul, that's the mirror image I want.
0: Yeah, I so when, this, when Lashley lost at the start of the show, and then you walked away sad from MVP, I did have like a, oh God, don't break this act mm. up. Like, you have got something like you've already got the watered down version of what was great six months ago. Like, let's not water this down even further. Um, and then when he came out again, like, he didn't come out for the, the first two times that MVP called him out, and then he eventually came out. I was like, oh God, no, please do not break this act up. We do not need to see Lashley just gone in the singles run without MVP. And then, like, the promo that he cut, his reasoning for doing so, and yeah, to echo you mvp it was the shamefulness that got me mvp's look of just like oh man you're absolutely right like how have mm. i let it come to this how have i let my man my client lose four of his last six matches how does that happened? like that's that's bad like that's i'm not a, i i failed him and actually then this promo saying like i'm gonna kill kofi kingston this coming weekend it, it was a really really great promo that promo got me hyped up for the Money in the Bank match, not mm-hmm. the, the Woods uh, win at the start, but the promo at the end, that's what hyped me for this match, which a match that I've been actually pretty hyped for since it was announced.
1: Yeah, I think that but both bits hyped me. I can totally see why. It's like, yeah, on paper, Woods should not beat Lashley the, the week before the pay-per-view. But I do hope that leads to a Woods match down the line. I think Woods versus Lashley for the title, because I don't think Kofi's going to win still, for the title, it's a great TV main event that you can build a couple of weeks in advance.
0: Oh yeah, and, totally, and like, you know everyone's got the theory now that Biggie's going to win Money in the Bank, Kofi's going to win here, and then Biggie's no. going to cash on. Uh, which I, that's I don't. That's the think heel turn. Well, no. no, exactly. But I don't think that's a possibility either. I also don't think as well. Just to answer the, the video podcast question, I don't think MVP and Lashley are breaking up. Like I know some mm. some people were very upset at us titling the video that uh, at the start. Oh of the really? Of life. Well, it, it was it was clickbait because they they're clearly not breaking up. Um, but we you know it's it's posing a question. Um. So I don't think they're breaking up but for me I would actually I'd still have Big E win but like Big E va- like going off against Bobby Lashley as champion and him winning and then him having some feuds with Kofi afterwards like mm. you can still do like a new day with the title Lashley still in the picture like that as a way to really elongate this New Day versus Lashley feud into various different months in various different combinations even like you could promote for a pay-per-view the New Day three-way for the WWE championship like the
1: famous Shield three-way, or so. What you're saying, if if I'm hearing you correctly, is Biggie wins, and then Kofi slowly turns heel as he aligns himself with nope. MVP nope. and Bobby. No, yes! No, no, yes, I love no, it. No, no. That's a really nope. good idea. Let's sign off on that now. Shall we?
0: This episode of the Wrestle Talk Podcast is brought to you by the good folk over at manscape.com. One of the most painful things in life for us blokey blokes is pulling a hair out of our nose with tweezers. No joke, I did it the other night while watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer, though I did it with my fingers because I'm a man and I really wish I hadn't because it really hurt. And then I felt sad and I was unable to enjoy Willow's traumatic journey to becoming Dark Willow.
1: Oh god, you're an idiot. I am? Because you should have used Manscaped's Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Trimmer. A trimmer they've spent over a year developing, reinventing the traditional nose trimmer into something way more effective. A 9,000 RPM motor. 360-degree rotary dual blade system, contoured 23-degree angle, water-resistant tech, and a lithium-ion battery that lasts so long. I've had mine for six months and have yet to charge it.
0: So start off your 2021 right by upgrading your manscape routine to include the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Trimmer, and you can get 20% off with free international shipping by using our promo code WTTV at manscaped.com. That's M-A-N. S-C-A-P-E-D.com with the promo code WTTV to get 20% off and free international shipping. Thanks Manscaped for making me a better man. And thanks for letting me enjoy Buffy the Vampire Slayer.
1: See what the, the wonderful SWAFT Nation have to say. Of course, get in all your ultra chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them over $5. Uh, nothing on our main discussion point, but Charles Berg has sent in a cat, vid, uh, cat photo and review, but I need to discuss Rick O'Shea. Whenever he wrestles, I think, this guy is one of the most incredible talents I've ever seen. Then he talks, and I think, this guy is the biggest dweeb in the universe. I wish he was a mute. Yeah, he is a quite a dweeb. That's a really good word to use. That's a great way to describe what Ricochet is. He's, he's so much better, uh, at, you know, because I used to see him on the indies and he was so good at just talking to the crowd during the matches. So he does have it. It's the the way he's been scripted. Uh, Andrew, the last airbender. I just can't believe that one of Bobby's sisters pulled a Lex Luger on a taped WWE show and a live AEW show. The Monday Night Wars are back, baby. I can't wait to see the faction made up of former WWE extras rise to the top of the wrestling world. Did you see this? I haven't, no. So one uh, one of Bobby's sisters on the, of course, this episode was a taped show. It was taped last Tuesday because WWE are now leaving the Thunderdome, uh, which is probably for the show's benefit because they couldn't really change anything afterwards. Uh, but one of Bobby's sisters wrestled a match against Layla Hirsch on dark. At did the same time, really? this was a, uh, yeah,
0: yeah, no way. Oh, that's <laughs> hilarious.
1: Um, Ever the villain says, did we miss Lily's name in the most recent talent cuts?
0: I mean, it would be in line because, like, you know, Alistair Black had T-shirts up for pre-ord <coughs> on www.shop.com as it was released. So, like, Lily finally getting merch and had, like was cut three weeks ago would, you know, be really in line with this company.
1: Yeah, that's all our chats for now because honest it wasn't that much of an inspiring episode it really was just
0: yeah hmm. sorry sorry i mean i'm just also looking at the viewing figures now it's one of our we haven't got a lot of people tuning in for this either like i think next week is going to be like the week where this sort of we see maybe a bit of a change around the things because they're gonna be back in front of fans we had a lot of people have said they can't get into wrestling because they cannot get on with the pandemic era they didn't get on with like oh man going back and watching some of those early pay-per-views when it was like there was no one then it was just echoing around the building that was really mm. awkward I, I i credit the thunder i think the Thunderdome was an ingenious concept and i think that really saved a lot of wwe shows um but i think there are, there is a portion of fans that have just been holding on for when fans come back and that's when they're going to get back into wrestling that that's kind of my hope anyway like i think next week's show is going to be a, a pretty big one Oh, yeah.
1: Uh, all the money in the bank fall out. Whatever NXT call-ups we're going to get, of course, we've already started to have them on SmackDown, but there's Bronson Reed and Karrion Cross just lurking. D- d- Before we get on with the whole show review, of course, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Get your ultra chats in there. Would you have preferred a bit more of a send-off to the Thunderdome as a, as a place? Of course, with AEW and Dynamite, we've got that wonderful video package of Daily's Place before they left i'm not saying do that but i thought we could have had some kind of destruction angle was a retribution when you need
0: them i thought that's why they were having the force count anywhere match Mm. because you could do stuff that would have like destroyed the thunderdome on the way out or like lashley would have destroyed it as part of his promo like as part of his rage is that he's actually destroying the set and everything but as it turns out this was A regular episode of Raw. It just also happened to be the final episode of The Thunderdome and also the go home show for Money in the Bank. So you'd assume this was
1: our last real chance at any crazy stunts. I will not miss them.
0: Uh, It's it's going to be the last time. It's going to be the last time you see Alexa Bliss do some of that sort of spooky style because they're not going to be able to make her disappear when you're back in front of live crowds. Not to that degree, anyway. Where you throw them out into the audience, and then she disappears in front of your eyes. She's not going to be able to make like uh, stuff fall from the ceiling, uh, or you know, like a, a swing sets magically appear in the ring. So none of that stuff's ever, like going to happen again, thankfully. She's not
1: disappearing. She she scurried. Psychological <laughs>
0: realism with Bliss. Now, uh,
1: the show itself started with a graphic remembering the Paul Orndorff who passed away yesterday. Um, quite, mm. quite shockingly, at a young age. Uh, but then we had the the opening segment, which was the Bobby Lashley Xavier Woods match, which we've covered. Then backstage, Jinder Mahal arrives with a motorbike and a
0: sword. Yeah. See, so, mm. yeah. I mean, I found out about the toy set after this show. I think someone sent it across to Sean. Like, I think the sets been out for a little while, but now they're like, is, and it literally like is the exact same motorbike design and everything. Um and the, the commercial they've got features Drew tearing it apart. So um but yeah like I was like why is Jinder still and then like, he arrives and Virgin Shanky yeah. have got the sword from last week and I'm like oh this is lo- ever loading him up with gimmicks here and then when Drew destroyed the motorbike later on I was like oh right okay that's why the motorbike was introduced last week is so that Drew could beat it up. So I'm on the
1: uh, the page right now. Let me share my screen. Please do. So this is the product page for the WWE Wrecking Slam Cycle Vehicle. So, yeah. a motorbike's like like hospitals. Can we not call them a motorbike? <laughs> a cycle vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It's some kind of cycle
0: vehicle. It's one of the clunkiest you know words just, to say. It's, 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 do you know what I'm in? I, I'm just with WWE now it doesn't even like register with me that they call that a cycle vehicle. (laughs) It didn't even register
1: with me. So, uh, kids can roll down to the ring with a Drew McIntyre action figure in a motorcycle. They say it there that can be smashed, bashed and crashed again and again with nine breakable parts. Pop a wheelie with awesome stunt action. Um, yeah, you can display your favorite figure on the bike, yada yada, yada, more like stuff, Jim articulation. So let's have a look at these pictures. I just mm-hmm. this if I see this set, that to me says, <laughs> that to me says, oh, Drew is gonna start to have a motorbike in his act.
0: Well, no, because Jinder had the Jinder was the one who got the motorbike, so the Drew could destroy it because Drew's in the commercial. Funny enough, actually, the other person that's in the commercial is Roman Reigns, um, which really buries Ginder. Because that ain't that ain't true or Roman's bike. It's Jinder's bike. it's oh, a up top there, isn't it? I like? was gonna say drew Drew's been at the old Fray Bentos Pies there. He's had a got a couple of those instead of the protein shakes. I
1: think he's carrying a lot of tension in his shoulders. Look, that at, holiday, look at that. That at holiday weights.
0: Good catering for bringing the Thunderdome currently.
1: There it is. The Slam Cycle Vehicle. (laughs) We can see, yeah. There's Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre there. Trying to beat each other up with motorbike parts. Well, I guess they had the big Survivor Series program. I mean, one of the theories is because Drew cannot challenge for the title currently. He'll move over to SmackDown sooner rather than later. Maybe part of the draft, which reportedly has been moved to October as well, not even August. So they can... They can feud over a motorbike there. Can you... Um, It says there that there's two reviews. Can you click the reviews? Ah, oh, they might not be written. <gasps> Great product at a good price. It comes with a WWE figure. Easy to wreck and put together. Looks good. Definitely good value for money. I would recommend this product. Uh, and, and my, my little, little boy loves stars. it. Overall, very happy. Product great, easy to order, and great communication.
0: I mean, do you know, I was talking to my brother um, this past weekend. Um, come on, now, get us fixed. <laughs> um, so, I was talking to my brother this past weekend about a YouTube channel that he's really gotten into over the uh, the, like the pandemic era of, of life. Twenty ninety nine WWE. Uh, oh, if only. Uh, no, he's actually massively got into people who do like Hot Wheels races. So you just set Ooh. up like big tracks. And I was thinking, and I was, we're having chats at the moment about new series that we could do on Parts Fun unknown. What if we got, like if they do more of these uh, cycle vehicles we could do like races of them because like they break and everything. So you could like do it with big slow motion cameras and stuff. Do commentary over it. I'm just pitching it because I, I mean I've already pitched twenty great ideas. So it's I'm just good like, to I'm keep a, the
1: pitching going, isn't it? Because one will stick.
0: Idea machine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, well, come one on now. Stick. Not come on one will stick. Come on now. The, the, the squash match is legit the best idea we've got.
1: Do you wanna do you wanna
0: <laughs> do you wanna pitch that to the <laughs> live audience? Oh no, I'm just gonna leave it. You're leave it dangling. That? Leave okay. it dangling. Genuinely, though, it, uh, I, I mean, you all said it's the best idea you've ever heard. So, like, it, come on now. Yeah, yes. Uh, so, Jinder's here with
1: a bike. We've seen the bike already, but he also has a sword. Then we go backstage for probably the worst thing on the show uh, Alexa Bliss's playground segment. She originally only invited Dewdrop, but of course, Eva Marie turned up as well, dressed in what looked like a sweet wrapper. And Eva would answer for Dewdrop. And then got annoyed and walked off. What they're what they're setting up is Dewdrop and Bliss seem to like each other.
0: Uh, also they go from from mm. Um, yeah, so um <sighs> I hate this story. Yeah. Because like it just it doesn't make like a whole lick of sense. Are Drop and Bliss friendly? Like I think Drop wants to be friendly with Alexa Bliss because she's meant to be this naive character, right? Like that was week one when they introduced Drop. She was this naive character that had bought into Eva Marie's nonsense. So that kind of makes sense. And that character there would totally work in this scenario where she's not aware that Alexa Bliss is a scary, spooky skeleton. And, you know, she would actually think, oh, we're friends. And then as soon as that fiend tries to attack Eva Marie, her best friend, she would then like attack for her. The problem is the previous three weeks have all shown us that she is aware that Eva Marie mm-hmm. has uh, lots of nonsense and she doesn't want to be friends with her. But yet constantly comes out with her, tags with her and then comes to her defense. It's almost as if they don't know where they're going with this storyline. And they're just writing it week to week and making it up as they go along. It's like watching an episode, It's like watching a series of Lost. It's, I, I think it makes sense.
1: I think Drop. I think Drop is a, is obviously like a, you know, the sort of misfit character. She's not the beautiful Eve Marie. And I think they're framing Alexa Bliss as someone who is also on the margins because she's different. She's a bit Gothic. And that, I felt like that was the connection they had, that they're not part of the super pretty people.
0: Alexa Bliss is not part you know of the mean. super pretty people. No, not Oliver in this one. She's bliss. Are you trying to say, Ollie, whoa, whoa, are you trying to say that goth people can't be hot? it. that's exactly Davis.
1: what I'm saying. They <laughs> like, dress in black too much. No, it's kind of like uh, the high school movie. Eva Marie is the cheerleader, she's the mean girl. And I feel like Dewdrop and Alexa Bliss's characters are soci- socially below that so that they they find common ground i feel like bliss is looking at dewdrop being like here is an oppressed individual a bullied individual i'm a baby face now i might try and save her i think that's where this storyline's going to go i think we'll I mean, probably see yeah. bliss and dewdrop as a tag team
0: and dude i can totally get behind that if they had made sense the previous three weeks where Drop has known that Eva Marie is oppressing her. Like that's where, the, that's where this all falls down. Also bloody hell, I know <clears throat> I rag on Natalia's acting and Tamina's acting and Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. They have brought Eva Marie in here because she's an actor and she, she was awful, mm. awfully in this. This was the worst acting that WWE has had in quite some time. There's only so much you can do with material. But I believe she's doing it on purpose. I believe she is a terrible... She is acting poorly on purpose. I think it's all part of the heel shtick.
1: Would you prefer... like, Obviously, Drew McIntyre is also given terrible material. He's at the opposite end of the spectrum. He has given it too much effort. Would you prefer Drew to just treat his promos like Eva Marie treats this? 100%. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair got a nice recap of them winning the SB for WWE Moment of the Year, a category that WWE I think was was always going to win.
0: Yeah, it is the the pat yourself on the back awards because it's only WWE moments they get nominated, and WWE mm. gets to pick which one it is. So it I is have like voted for it. <laughs> this is like I mean, it was basically I like winning think, a golden. They broke kayfabe like at the start. It's like winning a Golden Globe, really, at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jinder is now
1: in the ring with Drew's sword under a cloth, and Drew appears on the Titantron, and Jinder's like, ha-ha, I've broken your sword in two. And Drew is like, ha-ha, that's not my real sword.
0: And then he's got the sword
1: there. And then he's like, but this is your real bike. And he he trashed the bike.
0: Oh, my God, it was so bad. (laughs) So all those times that the commentators kept saying, oh, that's Drew's family heirloom sword. Oh, mate, I got that done at Toys R Us. It was, it, was, it was made of plastic. It was a load of crap. I didn't care about this thing. It's just from my entrance, innit?
1: <laughs> Brian Alfred <laughs> pointed out, like, you know, it cuts to Drew being like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, you don't take your your real heirlooms to shows. You take the props. You take replicas. And then he reveals that he's got <laughs> the real one with him at a show. I'll- also, a replica. Uh, yeah, it's rubbish. Um, Nikki Ash, Naomi, and Asuka, and Alexa Bliss, so all the raw women in the Money in the Bank match, then had a four way. Uh, Eva Marie and Dewdrop came out early on. Bliss got distracted, went for Eva Marie, not for Dewdrop, and Dewdrop like, sort of picked her up because she's under Eva Marie's command, threw her over the barricade, and that's when Bliss disappeared. And I thought the 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 people left actually had a pretty decent
0: triple threat, which Nikki Cross won. Yeah, I, I wrote my notes here. Decent action. Really good <clears throat> action, actually. This was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed watching these three work. It's, it, this, mm. it's the kind of match that makes you go like, oh, yeah, the Raw Women's Division has got some real talents on it. It would be nice if they had some stuff to do that wasn't crap. But like, this was really, really good. I, I, do I like Nikki
1: Ash? Do, do I like the superhero character? Because I was, I'm trying to figure out, like, would I? Because she's getting a push now. She won this match. She, she lost last week, but she's racked up a lot of wins. And now I'm like, but if if she wasn't a superhero, would I be this behind her? And I think I, I think the superhero thing is
0: actually working. I think it kind of works. And yeah. it's like, I don't hate it at all. Like when I first saw it, I was like, oh no, no, what have they done with Nikki Cross? But actually like the promos that she's doing and I like particularly when Matt Riddle said to her like and they had a promo beforehand and Matt Riddle was like hey you're a superhero why don't you fly up and just grab the money in the bank briefcase and she was like ah I'm almost a superhero maybe one day I'll learn how to fly and then there was a moment when she did a big crossbody off the top and Mm. um not not Ardnan Vink was just like um oh yeah you know she said that she couldn't fly but I think she can there's some actually there's some nice positivity about it all.
1: I think a lot of the initial frustration with Nikki Cross's rebranding was that we were scared this was just going to be a new way to humiliate her. She's good enough without the superhero gimmick. But, yeah, I'm happy to eat my words here. I, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying what she's doing. And it's it's working mm-hmm. on a sincere level, not just an ironic, that's not my real sword level. <laughs> Uh, but Bliss was never to be seen from again I thought she would fact back into the finish But no uh, Viking Raiders cut promos on their singles matches And then we got those singles matches AJ Styles took on Ivar uh, And lost In about 3-4 minutes And then Amos made his in-ring debut Against Eric Singles in-ring, in, of course Sorry, He's the tag team um, champion, mate
0: <laughs> Yeah Where he didn't take a single bump. Well, no, he's too big to take bumps. That's not not what he's there. He's not there to take bumps, Davis. He's there to be really tall. I think if he lied down, like if he took a flat back
1: bump, it would have to be only diagonally from corner to corner because he's going to hit his head on the ropes.
0: Yeah, he is. He's a road warrior. I ain't Mm. taking no flat back bumps and I'm doing some bear hugs. Don't bother me. That's, that's what oh, I'm when doing. The bear now. hug came out. I was like, oh no! <laughs> I, I mean, the, the I, I warning didn't think signs this made him with, look better. I mean, the warning signs were there when he was doing the tree <clears throat> slam as finish because, like you know, that was what the car lead, that was what the great car did. Mm. And then when he busted out the bear hug, I was like, I can hear Vince McMahon wanking to this. Like he is proper getting off on all. of he is proper getting off to all of this that's happening in the ring. But, you know, I, I, I mean, it did make a moss look bad. So there's a thumbs up. I just, I don't know where you go with a moss after this.
1: Do you eventually build uh, him up as a, a top title contender?
0: Uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Because, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. Because you kind of, you almost have to at some point. But then you have to like, then you almost, I don't know. Is that, have we got like a baby face that we can build that can like chop down the big tree long last? Or is it just going to build to, you know, a Moss versus AJ and then a Moss can win that really quickly.
1: How long can someone who seemingly can't wrestle be a professional wrestler on a wrestling show?
0: Ask Eva Marie. She's not wrestling. So you just get rounded that way. She wrestled last week.
1: Marie! (laughs) Uh, After that, Sheamus spoke to not the authority figures about his match against Umberto Carrillo. New Day did an interview backstage. Kofi did another very good promo. He's awesome. Got a Money in the Bank video package. I love Money in the Bank. Sometimes I forget because... It hasn't meant anything for years, but what a st- what a sort of concept. And then Sheamus took out Carrillo backstage, but defender of the undercard and friend of all the baby faces, Damien Priest stopped by and was like, "Yo, man, you okay, Umberto?" And then Umberto came out, got beaten yeah. by Sheamus uh, immediately. Sheamus continued to beat him up, and
0: Damien Priest ran out for the save. Now, I know we can all sit here and make fun of Damian Priest's friends to all the faces. Like, there is a lot to be made fun there. I just got excited that Damian Priest was on TV and seemingly doing mm. something. That I was like, oh, what? I don't care. <laughs> I hope Carrillo goes out there and gets his head kicked clean off his shoulders and Priest can come down and set up a match for next week. Because I, if I was to put money down on the table, if I was a betting man, I would say we're going to get Seamus versus Priest next week on Raw and Priest is going to win the title win
1: the title first show back in front of fans i exactly. that's a very
0: good shout i
1: think um i i sort of cynically said well that's your pre-show match sorted for money in the <laughs> bank
0: <laughs> but i mean but uh, yeah, that's that. a much better I would just idea do it in- oh no you could still do it in the pre-show and then just do it again on raw yeah. like that's not going to stop them i mean if
1: they do that which i think is you know it's a sound idea what a what a sort of redundant run for Sheamus, a man who did six months of the best in ring work for WWE of his career, gets rewarded with the United States title win, gets injured, can't defend it, and then loses it right away.
0: I mean, you say that, but he'll just be in the matches still. He'll just have matches with Priest. And we'll just mm. do that for four months straight. But it will be with fans. <laughs> uh Riddle was then
1: talking to Ricochet backstage before Rico, uh, yeah, Ricochet's Fools Count Anywhere match with um, John Morrison. What was interesting here is Riddle said if he wins the Money in the Bank, he will use it to cash in on the tag team championships for him and Randy. I, I think at
0: this point you can just ask, can't you?" It's only the Raw tag team championships. <laughs> I don't think you need to cash it in at all. Yeah, it'll be quite lacklustre. But
1: I, th- I think that's a nice character beat. I love how Randy's, uh, sorry, how Riddle's been in,
0: in regards to this. What's going on with Autumn? Why isn't he around? Well, I, okay, so Sean um, pitched this on the Fightful Post show. And I've seen a few other people speculate this as well. And I think it's probably right, which is that Autumn looked at them and was like, dude, you haven't booked me for money in the bank, so can I just have a few weeks off? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, I mean, we haven't got anything for you, so sure, take yeah. some time off. Riddle Riddle can carry the storyline for you, but I quite like the idea of if the men's Money in the Bank opens the show, Riddle wins the th- like Riddle wins the uh, the Money in the Bank briefcase, and then cashes it in later on and pins AJ Styles. So he's got both. Orton's oh. not there. He's got both belts. So then Orton can arrive and he can hand him the tag team titles. Like, look, now we're I won this for you. I that's cool. That's cool. It's different. It's a it's a creative
1: idea, but. You know, you you miss so much of the the build, Randy and Riddle having a match to win those titles. So I do
0: like that, but I th- I think you'll you'd miss out on a on a larger emotional story. you I mean, you're absolutely right. It's not like WWE have barlocked up the money <laughs> in the bank cash ins for the last seven years. <laughs> a little bit. Uh Mizra Morrison
1: squirted them with dripsticks. I'm a thirty three year old man ricochet and john morrison then took each other on in a just i started out pretty salty on this match when i was writing my notes i was like here we go again i just i do not like watching ricochet at the moment because i find him a very unlikable character uh but then he just you know how long can you stay mad at someone when they're doing such crazy athleticism the the pinnacle of which was a shoot like a running shooting star off of the ring post all the way outside onto Morrison. That was your your spot to go to a commercial break.
0: Yeah. It um it made me angry that they didn't save this for a week later. Like just mm-hmm. one week later and do this in front of fans like as a way to welcome fans back into for Monday Night Raw. And you could I mean you'll probably just get do John Morrison and Ricochet next week in batch four of yeah. the series. Um, and like, well, they're drawn. I just, I, I, well, exactly. Yeah, it, it's a card Omega, really, when you think about it. So, like, it would make sense for them to do a two out of three falls match or something. So, uh, with no time limit. So, I, I, I kind of wish though that this w- had been saved for next week and you could have actually just been this week promoting the match with like footage from their previous match to be like here's the sort of thing you can expect but can you imagine what this is going to be like with fans in the fans in the building like reacting to all of this because i just felt like so sorry for ricochet and john morrison doing these insane bumps for for no one and like for no one to, to react to them i kind of felt really bad for them and I've, i i yeah it kind of sucked that this wasn't in front of fans
1: I get what you're saying. I also think that's to miss the purpose of this match, though, which is to sell the crazy spots you're going to see in the Money in the Bank match this Sunday. God, if they're doing this without ladders, what will they do
0: with ladders? I don't know if that was the purpose of this. Like, I so that's totally the, the bu- purpose of this. Have you? Did you hear the Buddy Murphy interview with uh, Fightful? I've read excerpts. So one of the things that Murphy said in that interview, when like, he was, uh, you know, the question came, up, was like, why am I having so many matches with Aleister Black? And WWE's answer was, you have really good matches with Alistair Black. And he was like, what's the purpose of these matches? He's like, because you have really good matches with Alistair Black. So you go out there and you have uh, five matches with him. And you will have five matches with Cedric because you have really good matches. I think that John Morrison and Ricochet had one really good match. And they were like, yeah, you can just go out there and just keep doing that match. You have really good matches together. There's no point, there's no rhyme or reason to them. You just have really good matches together. They know
1: better than us. They run the (laughs) most successful wrestling company in history. So, you know, we're going to hold up our hands.
0: Uh, I'm holding uh, up my
1: hands here because this match slapped. It was great. Yeah. Ultimately, I guess that the one criticism is that there was, it was all superficial, that there is no underlying substance to this match, which, you know, would have been better the way you phrased it. So, Miz is trying to interfere. Riddle comes out, sort of overturns Miz on the wheelchair like he's a tortoise. And Ricochet gets the win. So uh, doing a splash off the top rope to the outside through a ladder. So it was a draw in the first match. Morrison won last week. Ricochet won this week. I bet we'll get another match next week. So you'll get your wish. Yeah.
0: Good luck topping all the spots so (laughs) far. Well, that's what I mean. Like, I I hope that it is a, a you can give them a stipulation that allows them to do like the crazy wild stuff in front hmm. of fans because I think the fans will go nuts for it.
1: Um. Then we got Natalia and Tamina still having their Oscar-worthy backstage segment series with Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. Drew McIntyre cut a promo about a about Icarus, and then he got to a mythical dragon.
0: I, well, I mean, read. Like, let's be, let's be he- honest. Look, like, they've 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 run out of Scottish history, so they just turned to the Bible. Like that's that's what they have to do now. Dragons aren't in the Bible. Icarus is. No, he isn't. That's Greek mythology. <laughs> Were you doing a bit? The, the amount of people last week who kept telling me it was like, oh, you knew the Hercules isn't in the Bible, right?" It's like <laughs> I know <laughs> that. Like <laughs> I was making a joke.
1: Um. So I read an interview with Drew where, you know, someone's obviously asked him, uh, what's up with the crack promise?" <laughs> and he said, oh, like it's, um, you know, I'll go and hang out with Riddle. And then, you know, in his locker room, kayfabe wise, he'll be smoking something or he'll have some candles burning. And then I'll come out and, you know, that th- all these ideas just come to me. So he is, bless him, he is trying, he's damnedest to explain wwe giving him crappy promos i've had quite a few people get in touch with me saying oh no don't you realize this this is what drew is doing and they've, they've given like four different explanations for why his promos are goddamn awful um the, the content not the delivery he's great but yeah it's um i want it to stop There's-
0: Yeah, because there was a person who messaged us last week, being like, "Oh, he's doing the bad promos are on purpose. He's making fun of WWE's creative." Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's really the case. I think it's just that they think that this is a good character for him, and like this, he's so proud of his Scottish heritage that that is his character. And like, and if you're proud of being a Scot, all you ever do is just talk about your Scottish history. So I I think in their mind's eye, this is a good character for him, and this is going to get him over. Did you
1: see the front page of... uh, I can't remember what Scottish newspaper it was, but it was a big one on Sunday. It was the scene from Braveheart, the charge with Roberto Mancini's face on Braveheart. (laughs) He is the Italian manager. Football. And finally, because we've already spoke about the main event, we got Rhea Ripley versus Natalia. I was like, oh, God. And then
0: they had a really good match. Yeah, no, really, really good. This is like probably my favorite yeah. um, Rhea Ripley match on the main roster. It was really good. Like Possibly. It's the like the only criticism that you can really label like level against this match, because it certainly isn't about the in-ring work, because both of them really brought it. But the only thing you can really level to this as as criticism is like, why the smeg is Natty in the Money in the Bank ladder match then? Like mm-hmm. she lost a tag match on Friday to the new up covers, then she lost again here. It's like, well she is zero threat in that match. Why isn't Shotzi in the match? Why isn't, like, Tegan Knox in the match or something? Why is Natty, who's doing nothing but losing all the time, getting put in the Money in the Bank ladder match? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got nothing for you, but Rhea won with a a really cool,
1: like, she was playing possum on the floor, but then hit this kind of Matrix-style kick to Natty's head. Riptide won, and then Charlotte jumped her afterwards with the largest high heels this side of RuPaul's Drag Race. But, yeah. How does she run around in those things?
0: It's, it's it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. It's the only words I've got for it.
1: Uh, draped a figure four over the apron. So, yeah, that's your go-home angle there. I thought that was one of the best things they've done in this feud. I hope it ends. So, yeah, overall, it, I gave it three out of five. Whatever. <laughs> it, was a, it was a boring show hopefully next week come on that's or, or from this friday's smackdown fans are back yeah. money in oh, the yeah. bank summer slam build it's all gonna start happening
0: absolutely like this was just the, WWE have been done with raw and smackdown in the thunderdome for like you know pretty much since they announced the fans were coming back in july so the last two to three months of tv have just been treading water and just holding off on things so it was just a a nothing show much like most Mm. of raw has been so like three out of five is fair but i don't think i care enough to really give it a score i'd probably given it two because you'd abstain (laughs) i would abstain i would spoil my ballot um i mean the chat was in favor with youth uh, Fifty-one 51 thought it was an average show 24 percent thinking it was a poor show 15 percent thinking it was a rawful show i certainly wouldn't say it was a one out of five rawful show but uh six percent thought it was a four out of five four percent that it was a five out of five show
1: Well, go over to uh, WrestleTalk's Patreon page because we've got something far more enjoyable for you this week. Luke and I, tomorrow, will be recording our Patreon-exclusive classic pay-per-view review of Bash at the Beach 2000. I'm an hour and a half in, and I've already seen Jeff Jarrett with an opera singer. I've seen Ernest the Cat Miller attacked by ninjas on four separate occasions and a wedding gown match.
0: This is, if you aren't like, you know, if you are one of our younger viewers and you don't know what Bash at the Beach 2000 is or why it is such a iconic show of WCW's run. This is the show where they they had a planned, worked shoot in order to work the boys in the back and work the internet. And (sighs) then Vince Russo, did an extra level of that and it led to Hulk Hogan not like, quitting the company for realsies and firing several lawsuits against the company and against Vince Russo. It is, they literally worked themselves into a shoot, brother. Much love, HH. <laughs> Bro.
1: Well, you can go over to Patreon to get that and also loads of other things, loads of other exclusive podcasts, Patreon shoutouts, videos, and your name read right out on this show with a wrestling nickname as part of the Hall of Fame. Thank you, ProboCop. They're crazy, Nut Berend. How do you like them apples, Marcel Durer? Michael Jensen Radio. Halloween Havoc Central. Speaking of WCW, Robert Spencer, period. The Shrockmaster, Austin Shrock. David, the D-Train Carpenter. WrestleTalk Extra Pollmaster Lendell Brunson. The Gent, Robert Brent.
0: Who wants to walk with Daniel Elias Chrysler? And lastly, for this Hall of Fame class, on the 13th of July 2021, we're going on O'Brien Huntley.
1: So Will Campbell here says, Bobby losing to Woods in that segment at the end of the show has me ho- hopeful for another Kofi title run. They probably won't do it, but that promo seemed to me like Bobby was unravelling and Kofi could strike while that iron is hot. What do you two think?
0: I still think Lashley wins here, but this is not the end of the feud.
1: Yeah, I agree. Oh no, I think this is the end of the feud because he's got something bigger for SummerSlam.
0: Oh, I Don't know I that think... Is. Yeah. I, I think there's something with Big E in there. Like Big E feels like my favorite to win Money in the Bank at the moment. The intangible one, Cliff Beard. Intangible. Uh, the Drew
1: destroying a motorcycle being the reason why Jinder has a one has one now sounds exactly like when they gave Braun that car for him to tear apart. Also, I feel bad for Ollie. He's convinced himself that <laughs> Raw was good. Unhappy face. Ever the villain. Get your Alexa's playground
0: playset now. Sold complete with box-like structure. What's they it wouldn't coming? call it a playground. They wouldn't call it a playground, though. They would hmm. call it—I um, don't know—swings. I know that swings uh, no, is like swing, an actual thing as well. They call it like a swing structure.
1: A swing structure. <laughs> Matthew McFadden. Remember when Drew was a dominant champion who earned his opportunities, could open a show with his natural wit and charm, and was compelling to watch no matter the situation. Also, if he was still on TV, they could have had the fiend burn down the dome, or just make it disappear. Like the fiends that were bliss, and she goes, boom. And then it's just her and the commentators in the middle of a desert. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Consigned to pants unknown. Uh, Bezo Banks. Asuka, Nikki, and especially Naomi, felt extra point in this match. Chemistry was smooth and kicks looked real good. Seriously, F those people who made her leave Twitter and Instagram. What? Who do you guys think gets the last spot for the women's money in the bank match? Sonya Deville. Yeah, Sonya Deville. Uh, The intangible one, Cliff Beard again. I don't think Big E will win Money in the Bank because it's what we, the fans, want. And WWE gave us what the fans wanted last year with Otis. Genuinely forgot about that. And look how that turned out for them. They might have hesitation of picking the fan fave again because of it.
0: I would disagree with that one. I don't think the fans wanted Otis to win. I think Vince McMahon wanted Otis to win because he thought it would be really funny and then got bored of it.
1: Mm. Ryan Grunert. Lashley runs through Woods and Kofi, and then Big E wins the briefcase, then saves the day and takes the title away from Lashley at SummerSlam. What, so he, ca- he cashes in in advance, effectively. I'm cashing yeah, I mean, in can, against yeah. you for a match
0: at SummerSlam. Yeah, I mean, you can imagine like Big E charging down to the ring. Like, if like Lashley's there beating up Woods and he's beating up uh, Kingston... And Biggie runs down to make the save, make the save for his New Day brothers. Lays out Lashley, and then he realizes, "I've got the briefcase," and he mm. cashes in on Lashley right there, and then wins the belt. And
1: I think that's a dick move. <laughs> I think. I, I just feel like Kofi's just there. Then, like, oh, I mean, I'm happy for you,
0: but but. I was kind of seeing but then, her. But then, <laughs> but okay. But then, but that's surely that's some interesting character work for Kofi then, whose whole thing is built around like this brotherhood of friends. And not for a heel turn, not for a heel turn, but sort of like questioning. Like I like it. You know, I thought we, I thought we kind of did things together, man. Like I, I didn't I like see you kind of doing term. that. And then you can do Kofi, and uh, then that's do the New Day triple threat at SummerSlam. Great, great heel turn idea.
1: mate. Asks, you're right, Ollie. They should have a video montage for the Thunderdome. All the classic moments of people giving thumbs up. The times when they were giving thumbs down. the Piped in noise. And the time street profits rained down cups. Great idea, lol. That was a sarky end to your... It was, wasn't it? <laughs> I, got the, I got that it was sarcastic, Nate. And then at the end, like, great idea, lol. <laughs> Could have had the moments of the wrestling. Uh, Charles Berg, View 3. Shall we have a picture of Mr. Don- <gasps> oh, <laughs> Fred is a super dumb and super sweet Russian blue. He loves to chase toy mice and eat honey maple turkey. Whenever I call for him, he does the sweetest meow you ever did here. 11 out of 10 nicknames. Fred Zeppelin, Freddy Spaghetti, Jam That Jam. Good coat of fur, that uh and finally for now thank you everybody for your ultra chats brett j rasmussen says i put in an ultra chat on the friday episode for you to ask steve about a channel called wrestling news now which is something that steve makes fun of a lot have you seen anything from it also this role was the most okay episode riddle is just the best you familiar we with used to have a wrestling lot of- news now oh,
0: we used to watch it in the office like we used to like every now and again like when we were talking about stuff you know what can we do to uh to you know maybe build up our view somewhere down the line you'd be like because this channel resting news now gets a lot of hits Mm. and then we would watch and be like and i don't know how because man these videos are real weird and not very good and then we would just start like doing our own impersonations of the voices and stuff first one comes in from gavin who says hello oil and luke love the podcast and the content you do pretty good work i guess my situation (laughs) is something my situation is something very specific excuse me excuse me uh it's a wrestler that isn't famous but is local When I was younger, I went to two two wrestling shows, both called American Wrestling, even though each wrestler was Irish, Northern Irish or British. Some famous OTT wrestlers were there before they became famous. One man named El Santo wrestled. Not only on one show was he El Santo, a luchador uh, dressed like Wish Ray Mysterio, but on the same show, he had no mask and a different gimmick altogether. He didn't fool anyone. Anyway, last week at the gym, it was just me in there when no one else, but uh, none other than himself, walked in. I thought about saying hi, but what if I got it wrong? He's clearly someone who lives local and probably doesn't get walked up to and talked about wrestling. If I messed it up or said something stupid, he'd remember that forever. I don't think Mm. I'd get to go up to a famous wrestler because they'd have that chat daily, but for someone who I haven't seen anywhere online or in a company, bar those two shows I went to when I was 12, I could not do it.
1: So let me. The the first time you saw them, they were under a mask, Mm. and the second time they didn't have a mask. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I yeah, it's a risk. I mean, I wouldn't go up to a wrestler even if I recognise them because usually it's the other way (laughs) round.
0: we saw you shane taylor coming up to say hello to us Uh, this one comes in from katie who says hi luke and ollie i haven't met any wrestlers in person but i'd be most nervous about screwing up meeting any of their heels i love like jericho mjf charlotte or stephanie mcmahon i'd feel equal parts one an idiot for telling them uh with a smile that i hate them like her mark Oh while he's got stories about that. would mm-hmm. be nervous. Uh, I'd be nervous they'd be in character and be mean to me directly and I'd completely fail at playing along and just make it an awkward interaction. Another group I'd be nervous to mess up meeting, albeit not Rellis minus the intangible Tempest, would be anyone in the WrestleTalk no-rolls-barred channels. You all seem like wonderful and hilarious people who I'd like to befriend in real life. I'd be afraid to come across like that weird fan or genuinely awkward human being if I met any of you. Thank you for making me and the whole WrestleTalk community laugh every day and sharing in this delightfully wacky fandom that is pro-wrestling. That's from Katie. <laughs> P.S. If there ever is a saddle or something that merits travels, sorry, if there's ever a pay-per-view or something that merits travel to Seattle, I adore playing tour guide and extend an open invitation to show you guys around <laughs> and get in the drinks.
1: Well, that's very nice. And I I wouldn't worry about uh seeming weird if you ever met us because they're all weird, aren't they, Luke? When they oh, come up I to mean... us with their sweaty palms and their <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, you on the YouTube. <laughs> and we, you know, we're we're nice people, so we just, you know, we grin and we shake hands. Uh, we heavily sanitize afterwards, but we will make you feel like you're a, a normal person.
0: I, I think we're pretty good at that. Pretty good at making people mm-hmm. feel like they are comfortable, like, you know, that they are not making a complete fool of themselves around us. I'm very good at the subtle uh, wipe on the shorts, like after I've shake, shaken a hand. People just, like, oh, it really? It just looks like I'm having a bit of a scratch, like I just needed to itch my thigh. What I'm actually doing is yeah. just wiping my palm of smart sweaty nonsense. Yeah, sm- smart. Uh, yeah, yeah, marked tears that have just been mm. uh, my hands as they're crying at meeting me.
1: <laughs> on that bombshell, I feel like with <laughs> you know—we turned baby face not too long ago. Yeah. I feel
0: like we're just being quite naturally heelish recently. I think it's because it, I think you're you're uh, you're terrible for me because I'm a, I don't I don't think any of those sorts of things. But you start me off. I on don't that think these always- thoughts. And I, yeah, but you start off the chat because you're very good at the <laughs> banter. I've seen you and your mates. And it makes me want to get involved with the banter <laughs> as well. Because I was that kid. You know, I got well, bullied then at stick school. a flare up your asshole.
1: How did that stick...
0: <laughs> Everyone will respect you for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the kid that gets bullied at school. But if that bully then starts bullying another kid, I join in because maybe then the bully won't bully me quite so much. Oh, yeah. It's a smart strategy. Oh, yeah. Anyway, that's all we've got time for. We'll be back with the AEW podcast. All people have got some thoughts about cereal and beating wrestlers and getting it wrong. We'll read those out on the AEW review this coming Thursday. It's also Money in the Bank week, so we've got Ollie's oh, already gone. So we've got a hell of a lot coming up. Take care. I love you. Goodbye.
1: Resultor, Rambo, now